Hello. Hey. How you doing? Doing so good. So fine. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes and I am a midwife at a busy birth center. I'm Meredith Rao, and I have a small home birth practice here in Winchester, Virginia. And I'm Jess McKee. I am a doula that works both in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant. So you go both ways then. Hospital midwives. Yeah, I go both ways occasionally. (laughs) That's not new news. I mean, I have a preference, (laughs) but I'll do both. (laughs) I'm going to assume your preference is to be my birth assistant. So, (laughs) oh, show. Always. Oh, speaking of that, I got to be Meredith's birth assistant this week. I know. I was a little jealous. I was so excited. No, I wasn't because I was sleeping and you guys were awake, so I wasn't jealous at all. I feel like we still, three of us together, though, are the dream team. For sure. It was really nice, but the three of us need to to be together more. Yeah. We need t-shirts for those moments. Make it happen. Yeah. Um, So... Are we, well, right now we are drinking champagne because we're kind of. We're so fancy. We're celebrating because we finished releasing our three-part series of episodes on circumcision, which have been really going well, getting a lot of traffic out there. Um, But also we were just like sitting down to record and we saw that Joe Rogan happened to just. The Joe Rogan. Like, if you don't know who he is, climb out from underneath your rock. <laughs> yeah. V. Joe Rogan just like released an episode yesterday saying he is an intactivist and getting really worked up about circumcision. Yeah. And he didn't even know what intactivism was. He yeah. was just verbalizing his opinions and ended up coming out that he's an intactivist. So that's awesome. We feel like the universe is cheers, colliding Joe. somehow. It's a small, yes. Yeah, cheers to Joe Rogan. He released that at the same time we're releasing our episodes. Yeah. Something's building so. right now. It's yeah. building and building. It's building and like building. an erection with a foreskin. <laughs> or, or an orgasm. Whatever. <laughs> or an orgasm Depends with both. a foreskin. Those tend to go together really well. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, but the last three episodes were pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided, well, we're taking it down a notch. We're, we're talking about something that's super important, but... Not as difficult to talk about, it's easier for people to hear about. Today we're going to be talking about who you invite into your birth space. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's very important, not to minimize how important that is. It's so important. Just not as charged, maybe. And who you do not, more importantly, do not invite into your birth space. But it can be so stressful because there are people that just assume that your birth is like a show for them to attend. Yeah, Mm -hmm. or like a life-changing opportunity for them when really it shouldn't be about them at all. It's not about them. like At all. The birth and who is in the birth room should be strictly about that mom and what she needs to do the job she has to do. Mm-hmm. And as your providers, your doulas, your midwives, we will bodyguard for you. But it's not exactly a role that we love. Yeah, like we not, say that we'll it. take people out if I you do don't that. feel safe. But like it'd be better if we just yeah. set you up for success by not inviting people that you don't yeah. like. Kim is more confrontational than me That's and Meredith. She gets a little kick I out of it. I love confrontation. So she likes it. <laughs> Um, I have a problem. <laughs> I find really like covert ways to get people out of the room without having a confrontation. A cake. <laughs> Could you go get a bowl of ice? It's 3 a.m. Can you go to all those stores and see which ones are open to buy this really random item? Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we continue, can I say that the champagne we're drinking, I bought it for Jen. Oh, because we're drinking she, Jen champagne. Because she's a midwife now. <laughs> yeah. And so I got her a cake and champagne. And she cheers made the, the mistake. Yeah, cheers to that. Cheers, Jen. I'm 
Yep. We're clinking Clink. in our minds. Um, but she made the huge mistake of leaving it here and not drinking it. So that doesn't go well here. That is now my champagne and too bad for you. We can replace it. <laughs> Poor Oz can't Maybe. drink anything because Mare stole our wine key and Meredith. And now we have nothing to open wine oh, with. Oh, you didn't bring it back? I know. You guys told me That's, twice. I, and I, still I keep did a it. wine key in my purse because it makes a great weapon and also opens wine at any time. It's and our, now our emergency I've wine key. It. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy us a new emergency. She key. has it. I need it. I need it back. <laughs> I might have one in my car. When we go on break, I will go check. Um, so anyway, yeah, when you talk about the people that you invite into your birth room, um, if you are having a hard time with this, because I feel like it can be really hard to refuse people entrance into the birth room, especially if they're just like, yeah, I'm totally coming in. And it can be awkward to be yeah. like, no, you're not. Well, you also might really love them. Like they might be yeah. your number one support person. It just might not be the space for them because they have anxiety yeah. or they can't handle blood or God knows what. But oh it doesn't mean God. you don't love them. It just means that might not be the space for your relationship to thrive. Right. Yeah. If someone passes out at the sight of blood, they may not be your best no. support person. We will kick them out of the way. And nor should they be a nurse in any capacity. <laughs> Oh, that's a good story, too. <laughs> but we're not going to tell that story because it's a private one. But I'm just saying, let me help you out. Oh, if you pass out at the site of body fluid, nursing is not for you. No. And you so, probably should have learned that in nursing school. And neither and picked ne- a different track. Neither mm-hmm. is doula yeah. or midwife or anything in a birth space ever. Yeah. So I feel like, and I've noticed this sometimes more with first-time moms. I don't know if that's the true for you guys, that... They don't really know what goes into how you're going to be feeling or thinking when you're giving birth. And so they yeah. kind of are just like, okay, whoever wants to come can come. And as someone who's never birthed before, yeah. you have no idea. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to want all y'all there. But yeah. it's quite possible I'm going to be like, get the fuck out of my you house. You might not I'm want any of us there. Yeah. Well, when I had my first birth, I definitely, I definitely coddle me the whole time. When I had my first birth, I definitely was like on the team of, oh, this baby's just going to come out of my vagina so smoothly. And I just want everyone in the world there to see how great birth can go. We and how all great do that. I am. We all yeah. do that. So I had a huge birth party and everyone there was really good. So how many people did you have? Oh, God, there was eight to 10. It was like 10 people yeah, there. It was a lot. Um, but my birth did not end up going swimmingly at all. It, it was, was very the, long. Um, it swam in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. It went against the tide. It swam upstream. <laughs> and it wasn't because of any of those people or who they were or what they did. But um, I do think that there comes a point, especially when a labor is difficult, when it's like, you do get that watch pot syndrome, which is why even as a doula, sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to go get sushi. Well, you stay here and do your thing by yourself. Just pulled that one of our clients. And I was like, we literally just walked in the house and you're already wanting to leave for sushi. Like, Jess, come on. I'm not... I'm not going to get sushi for me because I hate sushi. <laughs> it's Sushi's disgusting. I'm, I'm just, like shooting her daggers as she's saying this to the clients. And I'm, I'm like, just yeah, I'm just going to get sushi for you because I know the watch pot doesn't boil. But holla I, if it did not work like magic. It did. We it came did. back and she was like pushing her baby out. And also we love you and you know who you are. And we just want to say hi because yeah, you're amazing. You're, you're an amazing birth goddess. You make me laugh every day. Also, you oh, make me. me. Also, you made Every me crave day. hibachi last night, and I couldn't get it, and then I was angry at you, so you shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> um, but so when it comes to who you have in your room, like I love to talk about, I mean, we can have a whole episode about the hormones of birth, and I'm sure mm-hmm. we will. Mm-hmm. Um, We've already learned a lot in the last three episodes, though, so yeah. we'll take it on to Jess Talk just a little bit. 
Because Jess will literally talk. I can just talk for a long time. She's she's good at this. But it is really important to remember, and you can't repeat it enough, just like we can't repeat enough to moms, like, when you're excited, you're going into labor, go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's the same. labor chase you. Don't chase labor. It's the same thing I say about hormones. So, like, the hormones of birth are very specific. And it's like, if you are going to be feeling like you're watched, if you're feeling like you're not in, like, in a private, safe space... You are not going to release the hormones you need to feel comfortable. Like, just like you could never, like, have an orgasm in front of that room of people. Unless you're into that thing. Unless yeah. you're a porn star and or on cocaine in which... Or a really good faker. Really can do that. And good for you. Yeah. We don't want to take away from that. Not that you can't give birth in a room full of people, but it might make it more difficult to release those hormones, especially if you're sensitive to that. Um, but there is a law that a, a lady that we like Fantastic to talk about... lady. Um, named Ina Mae Gaskin, and she talks about sphincter law. Sphincter. And that's basically the law that um, your cervix is a sphincter, similar to your asshole and your urethra and other sphincters. And the sphincter that holds your foreskin closed. And all of, yes. (laughs) And all of those sphincters work best when you feel safe and you're in privacy. Um, like how many people have never pooped in front of their significant other? Oh, me, me, never. So no, I never do that. Never. Yeah. That's the sphincter law. You nope. guys literally yeah. do everything and have seen everything except Mm-mm. for each other pooping. Or, or guys who go into the restroom and have trouble peeing if there's too many guys around. Yeah. Or friends who can't poop on an entire week long vacation exactly. because of the sphincter law. And then you have to deal <laughs> with that struggle all week. That sphincter law. That you know does, who you are. That does happen. My friend. To some people. That used to happen to me before I had a baby, but something magically changed. <laughs> now things just fall out. Yeah, now uh, something magically changed in my brain after I had a baby, and now it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Your sphincter is like the Mm-mm. eye in Lord of the Rings is just always it's just, open. It's open always all the time. There. Did you just com- did you just compare my vagina to the Lord of the Rings, like the I, eye of, uh, what I is that, that called, Sauron? Sauron, <laughs> thanks, Oz. Of course you know that. Sorry, uh, this kid I <laughs> Don't throw that ring Mondays into that burning like pit of fire. right now, so that's like... Listen, nice you guys just... You just did that thing we talked about where you were literally both telling a separate story at the same time. We just think we're so funny. We can't stop. Stop doing it. So basically when it comes, like if you are going to be releasing adrenaline when you're giving birth, it's going to shut down your oxytocin. And so it's like you need to be surrounded by people that are helping you, not people that are going to be drama, not people that are staring at you funny. Not people are going to be haters and doubt what you're doing. Yeah, I can't like... I cannot say this enough that your birth is not a show for other people to well, enjoy. Let, can we can we talk about why people may see it that way? Like entitlement yeah. from other family members who oh, yeah. literally think the birth of their grandchild or their nephew, yeah, is literally their it's their birth, and of yeah. course they are going to be there. And why would they not be there? And that would keep someone from choosing the birth team that they actually feel like they need or want when you've got someone breathing down your neck like a nasty dragon of fire. I feel like we have a lot of stories about that situation. So many. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I had with my first birth, and I feel like this happens more with out-of-hospital birth because people tend to respect the number of people the hospital says you can have, which that's a whole other story for me. I I use it to my advantage when we don't want people in the birth room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But also, if there's someone that a mom really feels like she wants and needs in the birth room, and they're like, sorry, no, you already filled up your four slots, that pisses me off. Yeah. Um, It's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to bring in 12 residents to watch you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there will be. But you can have your sister because it's a flu restriction. I'm like... (laughs) Are you checking your cleaning person for a fever before they come mop the floors? I don't think no, so. Like no, my sister can be here because I need her. Yeah. Um. But but because we don't really have those rules when it comes to out of hospital birth, we um, don't have designated waiting rooms at home. No. Or at birth yeah. centers. But it enables us to pick and choose whether we follow those exactly tiny people laws. But I had someone. I had a, an older lady just say to me when I was pregnant with my first, like, "Okay, when I find out you're in labor, I'm gonna come and watch." Since there's no rules about that. What? And even and for me, because just an older lady I know that went to church with me, and and even for me, because I'm non-confrontational, I was like in my head, I'm like, "F that, no." Yeah, but. But you didn't say it out loud. I couldn't no. say that out loud. It was just like, I. well, I just will make sure she doesn't find out yeah. I'm in labor. When, but people will do that. Like people absurd, will just though. show up at your birth without an invitation. Yes. Like, so here I am. We've also had push out my push out this per- this person out of your vagina, which has nothing to do with them. I've had I've had mothers, um, like moms in labor. Their mom or dad will so the grandparent will actually call nine one one. It's happened more yeah. than once to say that their daughter is being held out mm. of the hospital in Hostage, labor. Out in of which yes, so in which case you have to send them away, which then you have to allow them into the birth space to, to see that there's right. no hostage situation. Going in which on. case the mom that's in labor is mortified. Also, I hope she's like. Get out. Right. No. The no, of course not, because they're in labor. Um, I've had hospital births and I've had home births. And for my home birth, I always have a huge group of people that works for me. I'm, yeah. I'm a performer. For some people, for <laughs> some likes people. Yes, I do. I work best under pressure. But for some people, that is. Some people, Rectal they do pressure? thrive. They do thrive in that like party atmosphere for birth. Mm-hmm. But I find even those people, it's it's always people that they feel comfortable right. you with. You have to pick and choose your birth team. Exactly. And it, yeah, those people still can lock in when they need to. Like, right. You might be surrounded by your people. People, but you still can get into that like really primal space that you need to get into to push your baby out. And to ha- or to have a safe enough relationship to be able to say if like a part of labor gets tough to be like, hey, we need you to step out because we need some privacy right, right. now. And and people that will be understanding of that because some people just are not understanding of that. No, it, and it's because we're all human and humans make everything about themselves. So that makes our heart, our job harder. Yeah. When we're trying to advocate for the mom and I have been cornered. I have been cornered by parents parents like if you let my daughter die i'm coming for you like that someone said that to me oh two God. years ago and i was like um your daughter's not gonna die and she yeah. was like you can't promise me that and i'm like you're absolutely right so maybe you should step out of my way so i can go back upstairs and make sure that doesn't happen yeah. and then i ran for my life because that was not a tiny woman that is terrifying <laughs> you ran up those stairs so I fast ran up those stairs those so are fast the people i mean maybe there's no hope for that woman but i feel like those are the family members that you need to bring to prenatals with you also so they can see where you're getting care, who you're getting care from, and feel safer with what you're just and we're going to talk. Do we're going to talk about that later? Things you can do. But when I was in the hospital for my um, 
my last hospital birth, I actually, they allowed me to have whoever I wanted in there mm-hmm. just because my mom used to work um, at Winchester. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I used to know somebody who used to work here. So I, so I was special and my brothers <laughs> were there and my mom and my dad. But um, anyway, at the end, because this was 14 years ago, I was the one of the only people giving birth naturally. So they allowed anyone and everyone on the L&D floor who wanted to watch me perform come in no one asked me yeah. and so i looked up in the in the midst of like pushing and it was not an easy birth and there were all these men and women just lined just staring up at staring at you staring at me and i was like what's happening right now and then did you sphincter go Bloop, i don't well i don't i don't want to talk about it <laughs> It's hard. It wasn't pleasant for me, it's but the hard. baby came out. It's eventually. hard to know what would have happened had you not been surrounded right. by that. Oh, he was he was ripped from my body, like yeah. literally pulled from my body. And so yeah. I think it's because I just stopped. Like when I saw all those people, I was like, yeah. and then that was it. So they just pulled him out. Yeah, and that's he, been documented in medical literature of cases where that happened, where like someone you don't feel comfortable walks into the room. And it makes sense because as mammals, we have the, the fight or flight response exactly. and that's triggered by adrenaline. So if you get triggered and, and have a huge release of adrenaline, like you can like stop your body from doing yeah. what it was yeah. doing. Whereas if you're surrounded by like warmth, safety, comfort, your body's going to keep making all those great hormones mm-hmm. that make your birth go com- that was like easier. not occurring. It was not happening no. at all. <laughs> I don't. I mean, also just like as a birth assistant here at the center too. Sometimes like I hate coming in as a birth assistant and having to interrupt their flow to do like blood pressure and temperature. And like I know you have to do that. Like mm-hmm. I don't regret doing. And we that. tell them in advance it's, you, that you're coming, right? So like they get time like to set, like settle in the idea of me coming in. But like you can see the energy shifting. Like you can see contractions kind of slowing down. You can see them getting mm-hmm. out of that space. Yeah, because like we get shit done. Like yeah. that's what women do. It's like, okay, you need me to do this. I'll do it. Even if I'm in labor, I'm going to let you do what you need to do right now. And I can't even, like, I can't imagine because I've seen it. Like when you go to the hospital, take what we do at the center, which is like, you know, we take our time. We're gentle about it. We give you a heads up. And then like amplify that by a thousand. Yeah. And that's what happens when you come to the hospital. It's like, we got to get this. We got to get this. Do yeah. a movie. Do some blah, blah, at blah, the, blah. Ask you a million questions. And at it's, the birth. It's no wonder women shut down and slow down when they transfer. So the it's birth crazy. that I did um, this week, this woman has like a fetal ejection reflex, which you've never heard of that. It's, it's like, magic. it is a reflex where it's like your body just ejects your baby out of it. Out of <laughs> Whether it. you're ready or not. It's so like the she, other unicorn of birth. Yeah. She <laughs> has like these crazy fast births. And so that was happening. They weren't expecting it. They were about to send her home and then her water broke and she literally had her baby 20 minutes later. But and then that's happened in the past. Then, so you guys knew that was going to happen. Like you knew once her water break, it was like we 20 knew minutes. It's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> but in the, in the meantime, because it's their hospital way of doing things like now they have to admit her. So while she's going through this 20 minutes of having a baby, not only is that happening, but she's also like, um, they're, they're drawing blood. They're asking her questions. They're trying to start an IV and they're doing all of this while she's trying to have like this super fast labor, which we've had fast labors. They're not, they're No, just save the questions for later. Yeah. And so it's kind of like they have to do what they have to do in that space. And it's like they, it's, it's harder for them to respect where that person is in that moment. Um, so, but there was also someone at that birth that just thought they had the right to be there and barged in. We're talking about that birth. You should totally tell the story about her mom. 
I mean, I feel like it's like super new. I feel kind of bad talking about it, but there was somebody who just expected that they could be there and said, I'm going to be there. And in the midst of all that happening still was just like barged in and was like, no, you said I could be on the list. Why can't I be here? And it it really like, it kind of made me want to do this episode. Yeah. Because it was shocking how aggressive, how aggressive and how entitled it was. Like, like, that's not how this works. And so I really like, I want to just repeat to people over and over again that, that your birth is not a show. Um, no matter how many people you want there, it doesn't mean it has to be a show. You can have 20 no. people there, but you don't have to please anybody who's in no. that room. Hit fucking three. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I'm back. Okay. I missed everything that just happened in the last it's two fine. minutes. Well, maybe you should do a little rant because maybe people will listen if it's on a podcast. If you call a place of business... Do everyone a favor, listen to the goddamn prompts and hit the right one. It's not hard. My boss has made it so easy. My 14-year-old could do this. I answer the phone all day for people, usually in Northern Virginia, saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't bother listening. I just hit one. Okay, well, I'm on call all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be me every time. And we're filming a podcast that's going to change the world. So I need you to take that (laughs) into consideration. I just had to leave because someone didn't want to hit fucking three. It drives me crazy. And I'm sorry I'm doing this online, but I'm not because we're whining about birth. That is my rant hit fucking three maybe it's four for you if you're in Chantilly I don't know listen to the prompts listen to the prompts give it the three minutes and later if you listen to this Oz and it's too much just cut it out I'm sorry but god damn it so what we were saying, you yes, didn't really please go on. You didn't really miss much. No, we were just reiterating. Um, you should not, and if you need to have somebody listen to this podcast to make them understand what is what your birth is about, you should not feel pressured to have a certain person just because they want to be there. Right. This isn't oh, for like, people who are listening who need that message. This yes. isn't about you. No, and I think we told, like I think I told this story in one of our first two podcasts, but I had a mom that was in tears. Because her, she loves her mother more than anything on the planet. However, her mother around her is not calming. Yeah. She does not have a calming effect. But her mother said, if you do not let me at your birth, I won't babysit for you. Mm. I won't help you at all. Like, I'm going to be there and not only be there, but I'm going to be the first person to hold this baby even before your husband does. Wow. So, of course, me, being the person that I am, took that baby and handed it right to yeah. its father when the mom needed a really break. Did you make direct eye contact I d- with the grandmother? As Meredith, you, you know it. I did. <laughs> I wish I'd been there. I would have loved to And see I did it very slow motion-like because that's how I am. And so the mom looked at me and it was like... Sarcastic AF. I can't help it. So the mom <laughs> was right. like so thankful child. because I made it clear that I was like, okay, it's so important for this baby to be surrounded by the dad or the mom at all times and the first yeah. hour so here's here you go dad and the grandmother turned bright red yeah. and was seething and angry so grandmothers aunts uncles fathers it's not about whoever, you yes like if you care about your your grandchild or nephew or whoever is getting birthed out of that vagina the best thing you can do is support the mom and her wishes it's not about you yeah exactly support her in what she needs to feel as comfortable as possible while she's pushing out the baby because if she does not feel that way it could cause her to have complications in her birth like Mm -hmm. even postpartum it can do that like 
because postpartum after your baby comes out, it's even one of the most important times because after your baby comes out, your baby's supposed to go to your chest. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be releasing a, you're supposed to be releasing oxytocin. You're supposed to be releasing bonding hormones. You're supposed to feel warm. You're supposed to feel safe. If you're not doing that, your chance of hemorrhaging postpartum goes up. So if you release adrenaline because there's someone causing drama over who gets to hold the baby first or like what happened or they're looking weird because they got scared about a little bit of blood, that can cause you to release adrenaline and and it can increase your risk of a hemorrhage. Or for the baby too. Like sometimes babies take a little longer to transition and the best thing you could do for those babies to help them transition is to put them on the mom's chest and breastfeed. So like if you're keeping that process from happening, you're hurting your your grandchild or niece or nephew or whoever in that process. And if you are like Jess and have an issue with confrontation (laughs) and you have... I step up when I need to. You do. And um, I'm always applauding you when that happens. Peaceful ways than Kim probably. I mean, I enjoy it. That's not my fault. (laughs) Um, But you can come to us as your providers. Like Mm -hmm. I know for me, I'll tell, like we touch on this and Mm -hmm. I'll say, if you have someone that is like bombarding into your birth, let me know because as this mom did, I knew otherwise I would have said, oh, here you go, and just handed the baby to the grandmother. But I knew ahead of time. So talk to your provider about that. Or do what you did in the hospital and hold your ground. Oh, yeah. Right? And we were telling a little bit about that story. Vaguely. Um, But it's just like, yeah, it's just, I just want people to... And I know we've said this like (laughs) a a lot of times. But your birth is about that mom. Not about anybody else. Yeah. But I um, think recently we're just now reclaiming birth, you know, yeah. as women. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, if you want to call it that, when the grandmothers were giving birth, it wasn't about them at all. Yeah. So now they're seeing like, oh, my granddaughter or my daughter has th- these options. I need to, re- I need to like process my birth. And now that I can be involved with the birth, I have to be there right. because that's going to help me heal. Yeah. So th- I don't think sometimes they're doing it on purpose. I just think that they were feeling completely left out of their experience. So they're trying to get something back. through their family members but that is not their job but also I find that people that gave birth in that generation they also have a lot of trauma from their births because of that for sure and then have you ever noticed how like mother-in-laws and moms they tend to do this thing where when they're at the birth they want to just tell their story over and over and over again every single time always which is fine we're usually there for a little while they are got the time they are now processing their birth through your birth right but because they have that trauma I've come to find that sometimes that trauma can then, um, I'm going to say rub off, (laughs) rub off on the laboring mom. For sure. There's certain parts in labor that if you as a person who gave birth had trauma from that part in your birth, Mm -hmm. you're going to then, and especially if you don't really understand birth, you're then going to get nervous about those parts of birth. And and probably verbalize it in front of the laboring mom. Because most people don't understand how like, subconsciously open people are to the suggestions and feelings of people in the room and how much of labor is just protecting the space and like honoring that space. And I think Meredith suggested earlier, if you have a mom or an aunt or whoever that's going to come to your birth, you can take them to prenatals Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. So I've had so many grandparents that like, of course, then they rehash their entire birth story to me. And I recognize the entire hour that mom had was devoted to her mom, but she got it all out. Right. And then at the birth, I was able to remember what caused her trauma 
trauma and then say the baby needed some resuscitation or some extra care, I could look at that person and say, this is normal. Just remember, like everything's okay. So it's helpful to work through those things ahead of time if they're going to be at your birth. Yeah. And we'll talk, I think what we should do is talk about what we should do to prepare people for your birth space. We'll do that after the break. Mm -hmm. But this also comes to not just the people that you want to invite to your birth that are not like the medical professionals or whatever, um, but it all it also is about the medical professionals because um, the medical professionals you invite into your birth space are going to have a huge effect on how your birth goes. <laughs> For sure. And so if you are inviting a medical professional into your space that is not going to respect when you are going through the hard parts of labor is n- is going to make you work around their schedule instead of them working around yours like the center of every birth should be the laboring mom and i feel like um it, it's not happening in the hospitals as much but it still is that the hospital schedules are the center of things oh, and the sure. laboring mom is to the side of that mm-hmm. and that's not how it's supposed to be like everyone should be working around the mom the mom should not have to work around anybody else at all i've had i have a lot of labor and delivery mom clients and they think it will be fun to invite a nurse from the <laughs> lnd floor to their labor to show them how great it is and and it's shocking to me um and they're all great like again i love the lnd nurses yeah. in winchester specifically but but when a nurse comes to an out-of-hospital birth, it is a damn shock. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They cannot believe it, how things are just so chill or whatever, and they just can't get their minds around the time yeah. not being such a... like a. But the thing is, our time is so structured, even out-of-hospital. We have protocols where like we are listening and doing vitals every couple hours we're listening to baby right. every 15 minutes mm-hmm. when they're pushing every other contraction when they're pushing so it's not like there's no structure like things are being done in an appropriate way there's just like that not there's not that hustle and bustle like but there's also right. a difference i see in that we are doing that but it's like um there's the difference between and and it's not always in the hospital some hospitals don't do this but it's like when a mom needs to be uh their baby's heart tones to be checked in a hospital it's like you stop what you're doing you come to the bed we're gonna put on the belts the mom is still working around what the hospital does whereas when we're checking heart tones like i've seen you laying on the floor (laughs) underneath the mom who's in whatever the hell position she needs to be in and you're like reaching up in a weird angle so that you can check heart tones but she dripping oh definitely dripping she's doing what she just did this this weekend i might put the probe on your vagina on accident because (laughs) i can't see what i'm doing but our mom's really sweet and like hey that's my vagina not my belly thanks that's my veg But yeah, so you're doing what you need to do to check, but you are bending yourself around what the laboring woman's doing, not making the laboring woman change what she's doing. It's like, I'm not doing that work. You do your work, honey. I got the rest. (laughs) I had a a doctor that I actually like a lot at the hospital. And she said to our mom, who was, you know, for whatever reason, was birthing in the hospital on her hands and knees. Mm -hmm. And she was like squatting beside the bed. And the doctor goes, listen. And she pointed at me and goes, this one might be young enough to get down on her knees, but I am not. You bring your happy butt up here right now and she was really nice about it but this poor doctor was like literally not able to get down on the floor Maybe are you buy them all like volleyball knee pads or something are you young enough to get down on your knees kim yeah, I hate you you right 
<laughs> I don't know. Ask Chuck. I was late for How a reason this morning. That? And not expect me. You can't handle you running in a sweatshirt. It's too much. So Kim can still get down on her knees, but whoever this doctor was obviously does not. No, she <laughs> You know what? I don't blame her. If you don't have to, why no, would you? Let me get a gardening mat. Every time I'm at the <laughs> every time I'm at the hospital and they hit the button for the bed to rise up, I'm like, yes. Know, right? How can we get one of these? Uh huh. But that even affects anyway. hormones because it's like, let me put your vagina more on display for the and world. Then let's put like that sun rising into the air. But it's all brilliant when it's happening. I'm like, this is great. I can see everything. Yeah, it's too much. I don't want to see all that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about us on our knees or not. I mean, <laughs> it's your decision, your choice. It's good stuff. But yeah. In birth, it's a good idea just to work with the mom, though. Yes, it is. And so that is what helps the mom, especially when you have a mom trying to have a natural birth. It's like that can be the difference between like making or breaking your birth is that through those hard moments, if you have a mom going through the hardest moments of birth and she's like in the shower and you're like, well, you have to get out of the shower now because you need to be monitored. Yeah. That could like totally be the thing that makes her lose her concentration and be like, nope, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the biggest things that I do in the hospital. Like I will spend hours like holding the monitor, um, probe or right. whatever. I was gonna say there's a reason oh. they're waterproof. Oh, oh my god. Or the shower head just or the pushing yeah. on pushing on it while trying to rub a butt just so that they're getting accurate accurate fetal tracing so that they're not thinking baby's having D cells and, and needing to do you stuff. You don't have both things. You don't have to like get up after know, you get up on right? it and go for a run. But that's why toned afterwards. Exactly. And that's yeah. why you need a doula in the hospital and not they just don't have time to do that in the hospital. No. They just, they just don't. No, they're no. so inundated. They're and there's so, so busy. many nurses. And there's no, like, are they trained on how to do these things? I but don't there, know. I've never seen it. There's so many I've nurses that it. are so thankful to me when I do that because they know what's going on, but they have all these other things yeah. they have to do. And they know that that's making a big so difference. Busy. And so they'll be like, thank you so much for doing that. Um, but it's crazy how something little like that, it's like the probe on your belly listening to your, your heartbeat. It has nothing to do with what's actually going on, what your labor's no. doing, it's just what's showing on paper, can make the difference between whether you have a good birth or a bad birth. Mm-hmm. So it's like, choose your providers wisely. Like, yeah. set up, set the people that you have in the room for you should all be rooting for you. You are the center of the universe. And also, I know this podcast is for birth workers in general. So like, yeah. as a nurse and as a person who has lots of nurse friends in L&D, like, I get it. Like, when I'm here with my clients mm-hmm. working, I have one client I can focus on and put my time around. For you L&D nurses who have a patient load of like four, oh, I get yeah. it. Like even vitals every hour feels heavy when you have so to do much. it for four clients. So like we're not saying that we hold you and we have the same expectations, but I guess the the like call to action here is just like be mindful of your client of your patient's space but it's, and try to make them feel as individualized as humanly possible yeah. in the capacity that so you when, have. So when it comes to like talking about that though, it's that the system there is not set up for them to have the best possible care. It's not something that the individual nurse is at fault for, but when it comes down to it, women in labor need individualized right. care. And right. so it's like set yourself up so that you can have that, even if it means you hire the doula that can know those things that are happening and hold that probe on your belly right. every hour for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, it's worth it. Some people don't, they're fine yeah. with whatever. But So I think that um, we need to go to break. And then when we come back, let's talk about how we can prepare the people that you're going to invite into your birth space um, so that they help you have a good birth instead of hindering you from having a good birth. Okay. 
Sound good? You're the you're in charge. You're the boss. All right. (laughs) Cut. Cue the music. All right. So today's episode is brought to you by Dryad Cookery. What is Dryad Cookery? Well, we find that in our business, a lot of people are very health conscious. So they're starting to try and cook with cast iron cookware because it lasts forever. It doesn't have harmful chemicals in it and it can actually add iron to your diet. Um, So me and my family cook with cast iron cookware, but we found that there's really not a lot of utensils out there that work well with cast iron. So Dryad Cookery designed a spatula specifically made to work with the grooves and contours of your favorite cast iron pan. You made that sound hot. I know, I did that on purpose. Good (laughs) all the time. Good job. So right now, Dryad Cookery is in the midst of a Kickstarter campaign, so you should really check it out. They're 50% towards their goal already, and they have 22 more days to go. So you can check that out by going to dryadcookery.com. That's D-R-Y-A-D cookery.com, and you can link directly to the Kickstarter from there and find out more information on why this spatula is so kick-ass for cooking with your cast iron. Do it. All right, you ready to get back to our episode? Let's do it. All right. Cut the music. Welcome back. Start us off, Mare. Go, Mare. Hold on, I got to lube up my lips first. Wait. It's winter time. Ew. It's a rough season for me. What are you using? Um, you got to lube up I'm your lips? I'm using uh, Penny's body lotion. It's Honest Company, though, so it's natural. Okay, anytime we're making a double entendre joke, you really should not bring up your bonus daughter's I name. Know. And it's weird to watch you rub lube all over that. your lips. Like, well, the, is this, this microphone I'm using, is it so sensitive that's picking up my hand rubbing right now? <laughs> is awful. it? Oh, okay. It's like me, myself, and Irene when she oh, walks God, in. Oh, God, that movie's too much. That's what Meredith looks like right now, rubbing moved. lotion I onto never, her face. Never and her lips. Be Jesus. compared to that movie ever again in my life. So, so anyways, this is what we did oh, on what our are break. Those are so cool. I'm so excited so, that, that this happened. I'm the worst human ever, and I got reminded twice not to forget to give Kim her wine Didn't key. Didn't we say back. this earlier? The emergency wine key. Did we talk I'm, about this earlier? Okay. That I'm pretty listening. sure Kim stole from me. Yeah, because you have so 40 now it's full of them. Circle. Yeah. And now Meredith took it <laughs> at did. the party this weekend. But we weren't drinking at it. No. So now we don't have a wine mm-hmm. key. Yeah. So. Uh, we had to get creative on our break because Oz brought a bottle of wine and poor Oz always needs wine when he hangs out with us. So Don't we had to get him. creative. It's he rough. needs like four bottles. We should give more wine. <laughs> <I know. Yeah. laughs> and we Googled ways to get corks out of wine bottles without a wine key. And, and one of them is fire, yep. which is really exciting. And so Jess and Oz sat there with three lighters going against the neck of this wine bottle and there's a video on Facebook and Instagram it's actually really great that's it it one of the coolest things I couldn't I've ever believe done. it and we're it, all celebrating like children yeah, oh it is very exciting it does smell a little like popcorn and the bottle might shatter if you do it the wrong way so <laughs> just be prepared for that <laughs> be also careful. so be aware yeah, yeah. that was so, so much fun though Jess can you take back over now since I did my part yeah <laughs> Or Kim can, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. had something she wanted to say as we came back from our break. So I just thought of a fun um, birth story, because we had talked about like the importance of picking the right people, Yes, and I had a mom that did pick the right people. She had like 15 of her family members and Which friends. Which is beautiful if it's who you want at the birth. Yeah, Wait, but so sorry, 15 people in the birth rooms upstairs? No, there were like 8 to 10 upstairs, and the rest were waiting downstairs, but... She arrived at the center and she was eight centimeters. The baby's head was right there. And I'm like, wow, fantastic. And she goes, no, no, my family's not. (laughs) 
pause for a pour. Wait, go ahead. Oz is dying. He's like, how many things do you guys have to do in front of the microphones right I'm done now? now? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> At least we're not eating pizza Ready? this Listen time. To this. Well, if we're all getting in on it, I want in too. Oh, she's, you're so sloppy. She, also, you didn't see me any. I'm off ended. It, this is Oz's, you guys. Oh, that's true, Oz. Here you go. Everybody, Clink. now you Okay, as I was saying before this nonsense started, go on. It's still happening. So she, sh- <laughs> <laughs> she showed up with part of her birth team, but the rest of her family had not arrived yet. So she Oz stopped laboring. <laughs> I wish we had a video of this yeah, what right now. What is <laughs> happening? No, I'm having way too much fun though. <laughs> this is what happens when we have five hours to record one episode. You people are in trouble <laughs> next week because I am off call on Tuesday and Nikki oh. is coming on and we are making all kinds of shit and I am so excited. It's going to get real. What? It's my turn. All right, it's tell my... your story. Okay. Tell your story. Go. Anyway, so she came in, she was eight centimeters, and I thought baby was coming in five minutes. Yeah. Well, no, she stopped. She stopped laboring. And I was like, what are you doing? And she said, well, I want to wait for the rest of my birth team. We're not ready yet. So the rest of her birth team showed up. And then they were upstairs drinking champagne and having the most spectacular birth party I have ever seen for four hours. At which point Katie was like, can we... Yeah, because you guys are like, we really want to go home again. And and I liked it. It was amazing. We enjoyed every second of it, but it was getting late into the night and I was tired. Was Was I there for that one or has that happened multiple times? Because I I think one time we had family for almost six hours. It has happened before. That is the beauty of her her labor didn't stop because she was uncomfortable. She actually just wanted to enjoy the moment. She was in so much control. And she was having so much fun. So because I was not able to drink because I was working, I gave her about four hours and I went upstairs and I was like, listen, this is beautiful. I love everything about you and this, but can we, can we, can have we a baby now? go ahead? And she goes, all right. That baby came out in like no time flat. That's I mean, awesome. she just said, go contraction started. Baby came out, more champagne was served. And that's the beauty of the, a mom who is completely in her element. Yeah. It was amazing. So and surrounded by a birth team that she trusts and loves. Yeah. Yes. And there was so much food. They prepared all this food down here. We, yes. I ate and ate and ate and then they cleaned everything is up. Is that the one that had shrimp? Uh, well, a lot of them bring <laughs> shrimp. Oh, God, she told me about that. I was like, I wish I was there. Some people serve trays of Chick-fil-A. That is also oh, appropriate. God. So good. Mm-hmm. But it was just beautiful. So not it's not always bad to have a large birth team no. as long as you handpick each person. Yes. Um, and she did know which of her family needed to stay downstairs. So she had like eight yes. upstairs during the birth moment and the rest stayed down here. But yes. I made sure to come down as often as possible to update. And they were happy with that. So it's just like a little recap. It's not about how many people you have, but it's like when you are choosing who you want on your team, people you are ultimately comfortable with, people that you can say, I need you to step out for a little bit, people that are there to help you, not just to be there for them. People who you can open your sphincters around. Yep. Okay. And so now in the (laughs) second part of the show... Yes, sphincters. Didn't you say something about a childbirth educator that does a little trick oh, yeah. about that? Yes. Story. So there's a little there's a, a a person who does a class and to to demonstrate sphincter law, she she takes all the men in the room and she says, "I have a twenty dollar bill, and I'm going to give this twenty dollar bill to the one person who can pee in front of this whole room of people." <laughs> and not a single time in all the has years anyone she's been done doing it, it has ever? anyone ever done it. Has, yeah. Have they all like whipped out their junk though to try? No, they oh. don't even do that. 
And that's where that's where the whole privacy thing comes in is that you're not going to do that in front of people that you're not comfortable with. Now, if that was us in a room and she'd be like, I'll totally give you $20 if you can yep. pee, pee right here and be like, done, <laughs> yeah. $20 because yeah. we're comfortable with each other. So is Meredith. Yeah. She shits in bushes. Exactly. So if it's, not a, if it's not a <laughs> person outside. that you would be comfortable peeing in front of sitting in the toilet or in the bathroom, don't have them in your birth room. Yeah. Um, but I think during the second part of this episode, we can talk about... So you, you are picking and choosing the people that you're already comfortable with, that you know are there to support you. You're not there to put on a show for them. But how can we prepare them so that they can be the best support possible in the birth room? Yeah. Um, and I think we can start talking about this first because we have a very common question is that, uh, what about my other children at a mm-hmm. birth? Yeah, I've got a story for that one. And so um, I... 100% support other p- people having their other children at a birth. It just if, makes birth normal. As long as the mom can... Sh- some moms, they are distracted by their children and other moms are comforted by their children. So it's like as long as you have a child that you, or as long as you're a mom that knows that you will still be able to do what you need to do and you're not worrying about caring for your child. There's right. someone else so there a, to take care of that. Have a support person for, exactly. that, for that kid. Um, but... Children can be absolutely magical at births. I've never seen a child. I mean, in 15 years, I've never had a kid freak out because no. as long as the people around him are calm. Yeah. Um, I had a child freaking out because the Wi-Fi wasn't working. I thought oh. he was crying because his mom was in pain, but he was crying because the Wi-Fi <laughs> wasn't working. <laughs> I, yeah, most pushing. kids would prefer to watch like Dora or <laughs> yeah. something. Every single birth experience I've had with children there, um, they were... They mirrored the people in the room that were the support people. Well, right, so the doula, the midwives. The adults are the ones they're looking to and for support. They, and they weren't scared because the other people weren't scared. And some of them were just so intuitive and so beautiful. And they'd go up to their mom and put her hands on their shoulders or thigh and be like, Mom, you're doing such a good job. It's amazing. Or like at my birth, my two-year-old. And so we're going to talk about this, like preparing your children and even preparing the adults that are going to be yeah. at your birth. Like we had prepared her, like Mommy's going to make these noises and this might happen and you might see this and that's all normal and you don't have to be scared and this is the person you can ask questions to um but when the midwives walked in the door it's a funny story my two-year-old like was holding a wrench or something i don't know <laughs> my husband leaves random tools lying around why the house. would she not be holding a wrench yeah. my husband leaves random tools lying around the house so she's like holding a wrench and she like the midwives walk in the door and she has met the midwives at prenatal she knows who they are they're not strangers she's just butt naked and she walks up to them and she goes shh be quiet mommy's working hard i might use this to help get the baby out (laughs) no ma'am you are not no you won't take that wrench away from my vagina but but she was just like get out of here lila (laughs) she understood that mommy was working hard so it was like they get it kids are very intuitive and they get it if you prepare them and you don't make them feel uncomfortable so birth videos are key for that yeah, oh, so what sure. are some of the things that we can do to prepare not only kids at the birth, but also the adults? Some things that I think we forget as birth professionals because it's so normal to us and it's not normal to other people. Um, oh, like talking the, about resuscitation. Yeah, the and resuscitation. Like and I think yeah. we touched on this a couple podcasts ago that I know I do it often or whenever it's necessary, but then I forget that other people don't see this on a regular basis. But um, when I do an information session, I will bring out the... 
positive pressure ventilation bag. Yeah, the bag you use to resuscitate babies. We do. Um, the hospital uses like a CPAP machine or yeah. whatever, but everyone's different. So I always bring it out and I show everyone that's present. Like if you see this come out, that just means you need to talk to your baby. We're going to be doing some extra care, but yeah, it's not a moment. Wrong. It's not right. a huge it's, deal. It's not a moment of panic. Um, so if they know ahead of time all of the things that may occur, it's less stressful in the moment. And then yes. we can say, hey, remember when I showed this to you? Mm-hmm. Totally fine. You just hold your baby's hand and we're going to help them transition a little faster than they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you all, can say that to kids too. Exactly. And Or just explaining to kids, like um, I had my nieces who are old. Older, and I've been a doula for a long time and I didn't realize some of the things they didn't understand about birth because I talk about birth and other things so much in front of them, but they were there to witness the birth of their brother. And um, I never thought to tell them like babies are a different color when they right. come out. Or they might and be so, bruised in that yeah. color and so when the, too. when the baby came out, um, babies inside are always a different color than they are outside. They pink up when they start breathing oxygen. Like the, they actually thought something was wrong and and had a moment of panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that taught me something. Like we need to remind the adults in the birth room that aren't used to birth. Like right. babies are supposed to be a different color when they come out than they are for sure. Normally, and sometimes that can be really intimidating to do when you have like an audience of people. Like I had an oh shit yeah. moment at a birth recently where. Um, a mom had probably like 10 family members in the room with her during her birth and the baby was really bruised so it looked really blue when they came out and didn't need any resuscitation or anything just like postural drainage which means like you know you hold them and you like wipe yeah, like, you're just helping back some of the fluid, get some of the fluid letting out of it them. drain out mm-hmm. um, like using gravity to your advantage and I didn't hear this because I was like focused on getting the baby drained and everything. And apparently one of her kids said, is the baby dead? Mm -hmm. And it completely shifted the energy in the room amongst the adults as well because they all were concerned. And I didn't pick up on it right away. And then we were processing her birth like um, later that day. And she verbalized that she'd heard her daughter say that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I know we have talked about that. Um, that's what my niece thought too when the baby came out yeah yeah and it was like a a realization for me like okay yeah maybe her daughter wasn't at all of her prenatal visits or maybe her family members weren't at her prenatal visits but when you have the time in early labor to pull people aside and like talk them through things yeah that's Mm -hmm. great because I did talk them through it while it was happening but obviously at that point the energy had already shifted and it was I wish I had done it sooner and most people I mean they don't think about it but babies most babies come out blue yeah right unless they're screaming in the which we have babies that are crying with just their head out you know but yeah but they'll say like i spend a lot of time debunking myths Mm -hmm. during prenatal Mm -hmm. you know visits and the dad will say well you know what do you do if the baby comes out blue and i'm like i want you to stop and think has the baby breathed oxygen yet right no well then they're blue until they breathe oh yeah i never thought about that and i'm like yeah it's and that's why I didn't think about it because like me and the mom and the dad who were all right there, we could see that the baby was breathing, you know, but mm-hmm. obviously across the room, people couldn't see that from yeah. where they were. Yeah. So there's some common things that you need to explain to the people that are going to be in the birth room. That's one of them. Like what color is the baby? But then even like other little things that people might not realize, um, like the noises moms may make. So there mm-hmm. might be people, especially, especially if you're planning a natural birth, that um, they want to be there and see your baby be born, but they are super uncomfortable with seeing you in pain. And then right. there's other people who will, who will just be like, why? Like, 
that looks terrible. Why is that happening? Oh, like, remember when my dad did that? Yes. I love you, dad. I love you. Yeah. Thank you for being there. Or However, like, or like, please, could we get her you an epidural? Or, <laughs> they'll just say things that are super unhelpful. So it's like talking about what is normal when you're having a natural birth, the noises you'll make, the way you'll act. Yeah. Like if, if I sit like, don't say these certain things or like my biggest thing is like, check your face. Okay. So like check your face, people that are used phase. to birth. And, and so women in labor are super open to the energy of the people around oh, them. It's and crazy I know that sounds really woo woo. No way. They're so intuitive. There's and, a lot of research around and it too. It's not just woo woo. And if plants a seed of you not being able to do it or something being wrong, especially when really, you're there like you're their person they're letting you into yeah. like the most sacred space that they might ever be in yeah and it can really plant a seed which yeah. happened to me I had in my first birth had gotten it through my head like oh this isn't happening I can't do it and no matter it's like that was my reality then and so it was like really hard for me to overcome that like oh no this baby might actually come out and so watching your face is so important because if a mom's having a contraction and she looks up and everyone in the room is staring at her in like disgust shock or, sh- or shock or, or something's wrong, she is going to intuitively think that something right. is wrong. And so I always try to explain to people who are going to be in the room, like if you're feeling uncomfortable with something, like pull me aside, pull a midwife aside, pull a doctor aside, ask about it, right. but keep your effing face in check. Like yeah. don't show that to the mom because that can like really change how she's experiencing what's happening. Yeah. Even like like that mom was talking earlier, six weeks postpartum at her last visit, we were talking about, and she was like, I felt fine about what was going on. I wasn't worried. It was when mm-hmm. I looked up and saw my family member's face that I was like, oh, yeah. is something wrong? We, I accidentally did that to someone we love, not because there was something wrong, because her baby was fucking huge. Oh, you, oh yeah. I <laughs> yeah. actually, I talk and about when, that all the time. And when the baby Also, started, that was a very early birth for us. I feel yes. like, like you develop game face over time. I, I, so I feel like my game face is on point Kim now. Is, Kim is on it. It wasn't. <laughs> and as the baby started coming out, my jaw had dropped to the bed. Yeah. My eyes were huge. And, and the Poor dad was up at her head because he's like a northerner. Screaming, What's Some dads wrong? just hang out. Not at the because top. anything was wrong. I was just that. shocked by yeah. the size of this kid, and I was like, "Nothing. You're birthing a toddler." Like, <laughs> also, my poker voice probably wasn't great either yeah. at that time. <laughs> also, her like I was a primary student at that point, so I was there with the ready to deliver this baby, and then the head comes out, and I look at Kim, and she it was for me. As I reflect on that chapter, I feel like she took me by the face and just pushed me aside. <laughs> I don't think Move. that's how it happened no. uh, at all. I'm, I'm pretty sure I initiated it. I was like, you hey, did. this looks like a lot. And you're like, yep. And then he scooted in. You but- said, um, Kim, would you mind switching places right now? And I, I was, like, it was like, sure. Like one of our first three births together. <laughs> and like literally, but in my mind, she grabbed me by the face and just pushed me away. Like stiff arm me Move, out of the Mary. way. <laughs> Which goes to show that sometimes what actually happens is different from what you're totally. experiencing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure that will come up in the student preceptor yeah. midwife relationship oh, conversation. Oh, I forgot about us in that episode. <laughs> we'll brush it. We don't have to dive yeah. in. So yeah, so that's some of the important things it is to like remind your birth team. And another one is like things that I don't think about is blood. Like to me, oh for oh, sure, yeah. we're gonna have an episode about the things that we see in birth. We get excited about that other people might be <laughs> like that out giant about. gush of blood. It's like Woo-hoo! if it's not e- gush. not even a giant gush of blood. Like I've had people, but for other people, it'd be like, like dads where it's a little Always. bit of blood like on a pad, and they're like, oh my god, is that okay? Yeah. And to me, I'm like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like that's bloody that's like show. 50 mils. That's perfect. And, um, <laughs> 
And they're just like, they're like freaked out about it. But just someone saying like, no, 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 that's totally normal. And it's actually a good sign makes them feel better. So it's like a whole, yeah, that's a whole episode. Going over that stuff before the birth helps everyone feel comfortable when the birth happens. Right. So, so for children, like I know that we like to kind of shelter our kids from other things, but this is one of those things where maybe your own birth is not the time to present them with something new. Like this birth is something that needs to be um, preemptively <laughs> attacked. <Disgust. laughs> well, it's like you yeah. spend nine months prepping for your labor. Why wouldn't you well, give your children time to also and I'll never for it? Exactly. Or your family who's going to be And I'll there. never forget my first birth that I experienced um, for a friend. And it was just shocking. And I know I sat there like with my eyes wide. I was just completely thrown and just blown away by how amazing it was. But also there's stuff that happens that you are not expecting. So for an adult to feel that way, if you have a six year old coming into the room, there's going to be noises and body fluids and, and so much stuff. Sometimes I feel like the two to six year olds are actually more okay with it. Depending. They're just so much more intuitive than adults. They're fine with it. We get like set in our ways. The, the kids are just like, Oh, okay. Everybody seems fine. Whatever. And, And which is why it's like part of what we don't have that in our culture where we've seen that from the time we're kids all the way to the time we're adults so we're more fearful by the time Mm -hmm. we're adults of the things that happen and that's a mistake i made with oz i didn't show him a video of a baby actually emerging from a vagina like i showed him a birth Mm -hmm. and we talked about it so when that was happening he was like your vagina was so huge (laughs) and i was like could you never repeat that again but you have to show them that moment because if suddenly there is a human coming out of your body and you've shown them everything else they could be a little freaked out that's a very intense part of the journey yeah definitely intense and oscar was a little freaked out which he told me later my kids have seen so many birth videos because it's what i do they're just like mom i'm bored i don't want to watch the slideshow of the baby coming out of the vagina this is stupid also that baby's asynclitic did the midwife not notice that from (laughs) the beginning jeez (laughs) all right baby midwife ridiculous why did the baby rotate that direction and not that direction that is clearly happening there's a cord there no doubt (laughs) (laughs) also i have one mom who moves when she's in labor that's like her sounds that's Mm. like her power sound and we have her. We have a Dari mom that's like, nice. Yeah, how are you doing? All there? normal. Um, and so she actually moves with her kid prenatally oh. to like help them get used to the that's sound. perfect. Yeah, I think Great. it's brilliant. I yes. support that. That's so. another thing I think when you're in the room, you should know about like. Um, I feel like as a doula, I try and help people make sounds that are more better for birth. Yeah. So it's like, okay. More better. I so, love that. Yeah, I know. that's It was terrible. No, it's perfect. But, um, <laughs> so if mom's making a high-pitched noise, I might say, hey, and do it with her. Like, hey, let's bring that high-pitched noise down to a low-pitched noise. But there's some people who will, like, make fun of the noises or, like... If a mom obviously is pushing, be like, you need to breathe. And and that can be really overwhelming too. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's like, don't laugh at a mom. No. Yeah. So I, I know in one of my you births. You do whatever you got to do to get that baby out, mama. I was exactly. like pushing and then blowing bubbles in the pool, which it actually. I yeah. love that video. Actually, I haven't done that in so long. I forgot about that. Which technique. in actual, I was doing it naturally, but in, yeah. in it, it's actually a really great thing for opening I up and a having a baby. I was a natural birther and I didn't need someone to tell me that. <laughs> That's what That's you're saying. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> 
like that mom that we had to transfer and all the nurses came up to us and were like, did you guys teach her to breathe like that? We're like, yeah. no, no, she just did her. it. It just happens naturally. And you also had a kick ass birth. Yeah. Oh, so amazing. I was like blowing horsey lips in the water and then um, somebody kept being like, don't drown yourself. And I'm like. What? Shut up. That is the least of my concerns right now. In the back of my head, I knew that what I was doing was like, because I am I also do this for a living, so I'm like, I'm totally doing this naturally, like horsey lips in the water, and it's a good thing, and I'm pushing, and I can't breathe and push at the same time. Right. So it's like, unless you know what you're like saying, don't tell people to do something Keep that's like not yourself. coming naturally to them, because women do what naturally works for them. Right. And so it's like, help them do what works. Don't like... Challenge I feel it. like yeah. we talk about that. I know I do in prenatals. And I remember Chuck, like, not getting upset, but just being confused when I said, okay, for this birth, could you not do the following things? Yeah. And so one of them is, like, asking, are you okay? Oh, or God, yes. or saying, like, you have to breathe. And so to him, he, he was like, that's just natural for me. I want to help you. And I'm like, okay, but I'm literally telling yeah, you. Me off. It's not helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful. So you have to have someone with you that knows, like, this is helpful, this isn't. And because like, a man's job or a, a partner's job is to, yeah. well, men in general want to fix everything. But right? in that moment, it's not, although we in our married lives tend to always be the ones reassuring someone, in the moment when you're giving birth, it's not your job to mm-hmm. reassure someone that you're okay. Women it's, do it. It's amazing when they have the capacity to do that, but yeah. it shouldn't be an expectation. All women are like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, oh yeah. I hate you. This is your fault. Oh honey, I'm so sorry. I, know. I didn't mean it. So when I'm talking about like, postpartum I'm not talking about like all postpartum right now like that's another whole episode I mean we had a whole episode about postpartum period but especially if you have a lot of people at your birth I'm talking about the immediate postpartum period like the first two to three hours yeah so there's like usually the first two hours after the birth the first like hour you're like well it depends on if you're out the hospital or out of the hospital but it's like you're, you're getting the placenta, the placenta out you're doing skin to skin you're maybe working on latching but you don't have to yeah but there's like a whole thing that happens but you're usually very awake it's like that whole mm-hmm. hormones of birth you're usually very awake the baby's very awake and this is when that celebration happens but there's a natural thing that happens around the two hour mark where mom's hormones are now starting to come down. Mom, especially if she's had a long birth uh, and the baby are ready to sleep. And so um, sometimes the people that are the support people still want to continue celebrating and keeping mom awake. And I feel like this is a good time for people to know when to show themselves out because this is only the beginning of her postpartum. And if she starts that out without having the sleep she needs, it's going to set the tone for her postpartum. Right. And she's probably going to need the help more later down the road than she's going to yeah. need it right in that moment. I think two hours is even too long. So yeah. as soon as like the placenta's out and everything's great and everything is stable, I always say, and now we're going to leave the mom and, mm-hmm. and partner and baby and we're just mm-hmm. all going to step out and you guys enjoy your your yep. family time and it should happen as soon I mean really as soon as possible yeah and a lot of times family stays for that time but when we say yes. that we really mean more just like the then, mom and the partner and the baby but yeah, then I mean. we'll come in like 30 <laughs> minutes after mom and baby have had their time together with with dad and like then we have the celebration for yeah like for sure 30 to 45 minutes and it's like but then when those hormones are naturally starting to drop I feel like it's so important for the people to just to know now it's so important if mom's going home, she needs to like sleep and yeah. she needs to rest. She needs to 
have that downtime because she's only mm-hmm. going to get a couple hours of it before it's nursing every two hours around yeah. the clock. Well, I realized when you were talking earlier about that family that like partied at eight centimeters for a while, I was thinking about a time that we were here for almost six hours postpartum just because they were celebrating after the baby was born for right. six hours. Yeah. And the baby fell asleep and the poor mom, you could just tell, was like dragging. She was yep. so tired. She like, and we always say like, there's like that magic window where you can let your baby sleep for a little bit longer. But after that, you need to wake up every two hours. And like yep. mom really needs to be able to grab on to that nap time and with their baby to sleep. Yeah. and yeah. sleep. And that gets lost a lot in the process of transitioning. And I and I birth. also want to say that this is not the time, like right after baby's born, even I would say in the first like two, the first day especially, but even the first week, mm-hmm. this is not the time where people need to be like saying their opinions or saying like making drama about things like, well, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? This is the time when it's so essential to protect mom's sanity like a bubble. All that stuff, even if it's a real issue, can wait yeah. until after the immediate postpartum. Um During the immediate postpartum, the only thing mom needs to be worrying about is like sleeping, (laughs) eating, nursing her baby, like nothing else. If you're a person listening to this, nothing (laughs) else should be invading that sacred space. Like all of the other noise can wait a week. Right. Um, Because. Yeah. They don't need to talk about how their birth affected you. Like who cares? Yeah, or what they want to do with the baby, or how long you should be breastfeeding, or, or diapering, or yeah, breastfeeding. Blah, blah, blah. Breastfeeding is my favorite when you have like four women in your family who all have different perspective perspe- perspectives. I'm struggling, sorry, <laughs> uh, with that word. Um, on breastfeeding, and they all like stand in line next to your bed with like mm-hmm. their two cents about the best way to get your boob in your kid's mouth, and it's like, hey. That can feel like a lot of pressure That's to the a, yeah. mom involved like, in it. It can be helpful, but also it can be really detrimental. Or even like baby names or anything yeah. like oh that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just leave it's the like, mom. Let the mom rest. If you're going to be there, if you're a person that's not the laboring mom, if you're listening to this, like you are there to provide that safety net around her so that all she has to worry about is her and her baby yep. for at least one week. Yeah. And that, yep. because you are still at risk for hemorrhaging for up to a week after uh, baby. It's, it's up to it, two weeks, more. actually. Yeah. yeah. So it's like she needs that safety net. She needs to sleep. She needs to not have be having to worry about everybody else mm-hmm. besides herself. That's when we need those knights in shining armor standing at the door with, with swords like, no, you may not enter unless you have food, in which case you may leave it on the table and go back out. Yeah, and or a piece when of paper that says midwife's orders with yeah, those rules on yes. them yep. can be actually quite helpful. That's when it's totally acceptable to be like, I'm not, and, and it happens in postpartum too, like, oh, I want to come visit the baby. Unless you're coming there to help the mom and that... Like, it's totally acceptable for a mom to feel overwhelmed by that and be mm-hmm. like, no, I want to keep that to a minimum in the first week. It's not That's about you. More. It's That's about happening more. Yeah. It's about me. And that is a, a really good thing to do because we do tend to make things about other people and not about ourselves. But this period of time is so sacred and so important. Like, you need to do what makes you feel comfortable. And if having people around makes you feel comfortable, do that. But if it doesn't, 
Like, I don't know. I don't care what excuse you need to use. Like, make that happen so that I you can have... I tell my friends all the time just to yeah. use me. Just say your midwife said. Oh, I say that all the time. Well, yeah. the midwife said I absolutely can't have anyone yeah. at my home for the first week. If you have a hard Great. time with that accountability, that's fine. Put it on us. Like We yeah, love confrontation. We, we said this in the beginning. Kim does. <laughs> I, I don't, don't, but I will do that for you. <laughs> I will do it for you as well. Yeah. I will say, because it's it's so important. It sets the, it sets the stage for your entire postpartum and, and everything that happens because... Because if even if you go into like your non-immediate postpartum being tired and overwhelmed and people haven't been supporting you the right way, it's, it's it really sets the stage for your parenting that, that baby the entire way like yeah, through. For sure. Or if you think you're going to want people there, like my first two clients were really good friends of mine and we have an amazing community in Harrisonburg. Hey, ladies. <laughs> who are so supportive and they're not the kind of people who are going to like show up and take all your time and energy. But we set up a meal baby train thing yes. where so um, people bring meals every night. And both my clients were like, that's what they wanted. They wanted to feel well supported. They wanted to feel like their community was present. But then like within three days, they're like, hey, can we actually reel this back and yeah, do every other day? Much. Because it was too much. And it wasn't even like these ladies were forcing their energy or their time. It's just like just the act of having to like answer the door and have somebody new come every single day was a lot postpartum. Yeah. And so I feel like if you feel like you want to set yourself up for success by having a lot of support, awesome. But then if you need to reel back on that, that's do okay. It. Like don't feel bad. People will understand if anything, you'll get meals for the next like three weeks instead of two weeks. Yeah. You know, and for it's God's fine. sakes, if you're a person visiting a new mom, like don't expect that new mom to wait on you. Oh, like, please. I have clients They might not even come out of their room, honestly. You might just show up and drop off a meal and that's it. Whose moms Do some laundry come, while you're there. Who's, who's their mom come to stay with them. And if you are that mom coming to stay with your child who just had a baby, it is your job to make the food and clean the bathroom. <laughs> not the moms. The mom the just gave birth. I have moms that just gave birth and they are getting up out of bed to wait yep. like a hostess on While their mother. their mother holds that. That is, that absolute, is break not that cycle. okay. Like break that you cycle. are taking care of her. She is not taking care of you. I don't care whose house it is. Like no. step up and take care of the person who just had the baby because that's what's important right, right guys, now. We did that thing where we said we were only going to talk about the first couple hours I know, postpartum I'm like, and I, then I we spiraled. I need to order Thai food like right now. So we need to not make our listeners listen to another two hour podcast. So the things that we need to say to wrap it up is that um, next our our live show is next week. Please get your tickets. So important, Eventbrite. Um, The man behind the curtain, Oz, is going this Friday. If you want to see who it is, he'll he'll be there. Um, No Saturday. Sorry, it's this Saturday. Oh my gosh! Pause. Our event is on February 1st, Saturday, Saturday first, from five to eight p.m. That's correct. There will be wine. There will be dancing. It's going to be fun. Please, for God's sakes, only bring your very small nursing children. Yeah, do not this bring... This is not a family... Well, it's not a family-friendly event. No. And we no. don't want toddlers running around. I just don't, because I don't like We're going to cuss a lot, personally. so just be ready for it. Yeah. yeah. So it's this Saturday. It is this Saturday, February 1st. It's going to be so much fun. Half yes. the tickets are gone already, so... Get, get them your, while you can. Get your tickets. Get them while you can. Come drink wine with us. And it's, the only... I'm so excited. Just the so people that have already purchased tickets. It's going to be so it's much fun. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> All sorts of shenanigans. Yeah. So Which is appropriate out. because it's also at the Irish Dance Academy. Yeah. yeah. Do we get the name right? Yep. I don't feel like I So check out our Eventbrite. And then also in the meantime, if you haven't yet, please, please, please. We, we have eight weeks to get onto the new and noteworthy for the Apple podcast. So if you can get an iTunes account, please go onto iTunes, listen to one of our episodes. 
um, rate, rate it, comment, follow us, subscribe. And then we can, we can totally take it from there. But comment. in order to get on the new and noteworthy, we need enough people to subscribe yeah. and, and listen on iTunes. That can be really easy for people that have podcasts that have a lot of backing and they come from like big companies, but we obviously don't do that. This is a very grassroots thing. So grassroots. We're opening wine bottles so with like, lighters for fuck's sake, please. Could you, could you please, <laughs> please be Please like our, us on iTunes. Could you please be our grassroots? It would really help us. Thank you. Help and, us um, grow. So other than that, all we have to say is like, enjoy your birth. Enjoy, pick your birth team wisely. It's about you. It's about she you. It's as not as about the them. Poorly. Be the queen <laughs> of your birth and expect all the other people to do that because you deserve it. And other than that, you deserve cheers. it. Cheers. cheers. See you at the live performance. Woo woo.